Chapter 22 Caleb's mood on Sunday morning was bright and hopeful. He tried to remember the last time he had felt so cheerful, but he came up blank. Most of his mornings had been monotonous and gloomy, each sunrise portending nothing but frustration, anger, and never-ending hopelessness. Today was going to be different, he could tell. He had often wondered whether church was as boring as most books seemed to claim. He told himself he had only agreed to go today, for research purposes, that he was not going to let it make him into a naive religious idealist. But as much as he wanted that to be true, he also knew that some tiny part of him wondered about Jim's story the day before. What if Jim, Adam, and Kelly were all right, and God really did exist? What if God really did have a plan for all of this? Could it really be only a coincidence that the three adults he trusted most in the world all believed in God? He got ready for church quickly, then offered to help Maggie. She didn't really need his help for anything, but he kept her company while she carefully folded her pajamas and repacked her suitcase. Caleb didn't think they would be going anywhere else tonight, but it could not hurt to be prepared, just in case. Fifteen minutes later, Adam, Kelly, Caleb, and Maggie were walking through the front doors of the first church Caleb had ever set foot in. It was not a huge building, but Caleb still felt incredibly small. He reached down and grabbed Maggie's hand, not knowing whether it was for her sake or his. Adam led the group into a huge room marked Sanctuary. Long padded benches were lined in neat rows facing a simple stage, and the ceiling was maybe thirty feet above his head. If he had felt small before, that feeling was tripled. He followed Kelly to a row near the middle of the room. As they sat down, soft piano music began to fill the atmosphere. Hushed chatter was also apparent, and Kelly immediately joined the noise, greeting the family sitting in the row behind them. "'Hello, Ruth,' she said cheerfully. "'How are you doing?' "'Oh, we're getting along,' replied the young African-American mother holding a toddler. "'How about you, Kelly? Who are these lovely friends you have with you?' She smiled at Caleb, who offered a half-smile in return. "'This is Caleb and Maggie,' Kelly said. "'They're staying with us for a few days.' She did not mention that they were part of an FBI case or even any detail about why they were here, and Ruth did not ask. "'That's lovely,' was all she said. Caleb turned back around to study the stage. It was not a performance stage. There were no curtains, and it was just barely big enough to be classified as medium. An older man stood in front of it, shaking hands with whoever walked past. He seemed friendly enough, Caleb thought. With each group he greeted, he asked a few questions. Caleb couldn't hear what was being said, but from watching the body language, he was sure the questions were different for each person. It was as if the pastor, which was who Caleb assumed the older man was, actually knew every person and was asking questions about their personal lives, their kids, their jobs, as if he both remembered and cared about each one. Caleb felt a sudden urge to hide from that charismatic, knowing gaze, but even as the thought occurred to him, the pastor turned around and walked up the few steps to the stage. The pianist completed the prelude, and the voices died away as the pastor spread his arms wide and said, Welcome! In a moment, Caleb felt a rush of conflicting emotions that he couldn't explain. He felt so small, so insignificant, so alone. He was just one person in a room of hundreds. Were all of these people Christians, like Adam and Kelly? It seemed impossible. As he looked at the faces around him, 
he saw a variety of expressions, pure joy in many cases, peace, relief, hope. But on a few faces, he saw very little hope, forced smiles, tired eyes. But that made no sense. Why were they here if it wasn't bringing them joy? Hadn't he read over and over again that the only reason people ever believed in any of the different religions was to feel happy, to regain hope when they weren't strong enough to face the harsh realities of the world? Why would someone come to church if it wasn't satisfying that need? Why believe a fantasy if it did not provide adequate relief from reality? The pastor was saying something, but Caleb was no longer listening. The pianist began to play something else, and the congregation started singing. Kelly handed him and Maggie some papers that contained the music for all the songs, but he did not even bother to open it to the right page. He did not feel like singing right now. He felt more like crying. When Maggie realized he had no intention of singing along with everyone else, she took the little packet out of his hands and opened it herself. He was certain she did not know the song, and she certainly did not know how to read music, but she tried her best, and by the third or fourth verse, she was mostly singing the right notes. When the song was finished, everyone sat back down, and Caleb followed suit. He did not close his eyes during the prayer. Instead, he returned to studying those around him. Ruth, the woman behind him, had a serene expression of peace on her lips the entire time. Maddie seemed serious, listening carefully with a slight frown as she absorbed all that was being said. Kelly was subtly nodding her head in agreement after each sentence. Adam's head was bowed, and his folded hands rested just beneath his chin. A gray-haired woman to his left had her hands raised, palm up, and her chin lifted just slightly, as though absorbing some beam of sunlight. The more he thought about it, the more it dawned on him that these Christians had truly given their lives up for this God they believed in, coming to church every week, praying and reading the Bible every day, giving away their money and time, enduring criticism and even persecution to spread their message to the whole world. The pastor, in his prayer, asked for God's protection of missionaries who were in prison thousands of miles away just for proclaiming the gospel. Either these people were fanciful fools to believe in something too good to be true, or they were right and he was the fool to deny the existence of the only one who would ever satisfy the emptiness in his soul. Which was it? If God were real, how could there be so much evil in the world? Did God not know about it, or was he powerless to stop it? Caleb felt a rush of anger at the confusion in his mind. Why did everything have to be so complicated? Why couldn't God have made it simple? The prayer ended, and someone else went onto the stage to read a passage from the Bible, but Caleb could barely hear over the pounding in his ears. Wordlessly, he stood and rushed out of the room. Kelly watched him go, but did not follow him. He was grateful for that. Once outside the room, he practically ran into the bathroom, where he closed himself in a stall and began crying. He did not understand what was happening in his mind, and that terrified him. He did not want to think about God, or religion, or anything right now. He wanted to block out the world and escape from all the confusion around him. But he could not leave Maggie. A few minutes later, he heard the swinging door creak open. Caleb? It was Adam. Caleb offered no answer. Caleb, is everything okay? I'm fine. He heard a sigh and a knock on the door to the stall. Reluctantly, he brushed his tears away with his hand and opened the door. Adam looked at him for a moment before speaking. 
Most people who run out of a room with no explanation are not fine. What's going on? Caleb shook his head. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. I did not mean to cause you any concern. It's okay, Caleb. I want to help you. I can imagine you've got a lot on your mind. Caleb shrugged his hand. Why don't we find a more comfortable place to sit down for a minute? Would that be okay? He shrugged again, but allowed Adam to lead him out of the bathroom. As he passed the mirror, he caught a glimpse of slightly pink eyes. Great. Now he really would not be able to pretend he was fine. They found a set of cushioned chairs along the edge of the lobby. Caleb stared straight ahead, and for about a minute, Adam was silent, too. Eventually, Adam took a hold of Caleb's hand again and softly said, Can I pray for you? Caleb stuck with his default response. He shrugged. Okay, Adam said, apparently interpreting the movement as consent. He squeezed Caleb's hand once before bowing his head. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing Caleb and Maggie to stay with us and for bringing them to church this morning. Thank you for rescuing them from danger with Highway X. Thank you for giving them such a special love for each other. Caleb smiled as he thought of how much he cared about Maggie. He struggled to imagine a life where he did not love her as much as he did. It was almost as if his entire purpose was to care for and protect her. Father, you are loving, and I know that you love both Caleb and Maggie in a special way. You have protected and blessed them in many ways to bring them this far. I pray that you would continue to hold your loving hand of protection over them. Please give them comfort in this difficult time and help them to believe that you can and will use these hard trials to bring good things into their lives. Suddenly, Caleb remembered Jim's story. Even when things looked completely hopeless, God had a plan to defeat the evil men who were trying to trap Daniel and reveal his power to everyone. But despite Jim's assurances that Daniel's goodness was not the reason God used him, Caleb tended to suppose that God would never do something that awesome for him if he still doubted whether God even existed. Father, I ask that you would show these children your love and power so that they can taste it for themselves. Show them that you are near and that you are watching over them, even this very moment. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Caleb nodded but remained silent. He did not want to talk right now, only to think. He could hear the sermon through the sanctuary doors, but he mostly ignored it. Adam, too, sat in silence. Sometime later, he was not sure how long, the sermon ended and the final hymn began. Adam sang along with the first and last verse, and kind of hummed the middle verses, because he had left the words on the pew when he followed Caleb out. He had a beautiful voice, Caleb thought. Then the song, too, was over, and people started pouring out through the doors several feet away. Caleb stood when Maggie and Kelly appeared. They seemed relieved to see him, and Maggie wrapped him in a hug. "'Where did you go, Caleb?' she asked, her eyes somewhat accusing. "'I was worried when you didn't come back.' "'I felt sick,' Caleb said brusquely. "'Sorry.' "'Hmm,' Kelly said. "'Do you feel well enough to go out for breakfast with us? "'If not, we can just go home.' Caleb was tempted to go back to the house and close himself away from other people. He even opened his mouth to say so, but then he glanced at Maggie and saw something in her expression. Hope, maybe. She had probably been looking forward to this breakfast all morning, and he couldn't take that away from her. I'll be all right, he said quickly. 
He would just have to ensure that the conversation never reached the topic of church or religion. Let's go.